Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first off-season NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast for 2020. My name's Matt. I'm sitting here with Scott yet again. Scott, how are you? I'm actually really good. And I'll tell you why. Daylight savings. I don't know. I'm very happy with it. <laughs> right, that's, that's fantastic for you. It's been annoying the crap out of me. But anyway, <laughs> in this episode, uh, we're going to go through the first half alphabetical order of our squad for 2020 and give them our own ratings. Uh, feel free to disagree or agree with us and send through what you think. I will also put some comments along as well. But first, Scotty, there's been some news today. Mm, there's some big news that I think we talked about in our last week episode of the podcast when it was rumours and speculation that three of the three of the board members have stood down, including the chair, Lynn Anderson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lynn Anderson has uh, sent out an email to, or the board also sent out an email on, uh, with a statement from Lynn Anderson saying that Paul Dunn, John Bolsty and chair Lynn Anderson have stood down to avoid a EGM before the start of the 2021 20, season um, and to give the coaching staff for next season and the recruits free air heading in, uh, to the new season. So um, they don't want disruption. What do you think of that, Scott? I, I feel like it's a selfless act. Like they've been put under pressure. I don't think they were given a fair shot in the sense of from the moment they walked in, people like Buzz Rayfield were knocking them because of his friend Ray Dibb they took over his best mate's Ray's Dibs job because he could say he was really close with Ray Dibs. So I don't think Lynn was ever given a fair chance with the media at all. But I, uh, Lynn was our first, Lynn Anderson was our first ever guest on our podcast this year. And terrific lady, uh, wonderful person. Uh, Absolutely. So we'd like to thank all three board members for their work at the club, but also especially Lynn Anderson for actually giving up her time uh, and coming on the NRL Bulldogs fans podcast, something that we appreciated very much at the time and still do now. Yes. Still pinch yourself, don't you? <laughs> a little bit. I, I listen back and I pinch myself on the episode and our first ever special guest. You'll hold a special place <laughs> to the podcast and myself personally for, for as long as I can remember. So looking forward, what does this lose mean? It means that the board that's remaining will need to hire free uh, free more directors, free Lou directors. So watch this space for Lou's, I suppose. Hopefully we can get some people in that will bring some success and uh, stability to the club heading forward. Um, and then the, the next step after that is something that we talked about last week, Scotty. Laundy Hotel Group um, have stated last week that um, one of the main reasons they became major sponsor and wanted to get more involved with the club is due to the people that were running the club. And now that those people moving on, it puts that sponsorship in jeopardy. So hopefully not. We don't want to see uh, the club lose a major sponsor that we've just signed as a matter of weeks ago. But um, I guess uh, depending on the new directors and who gets hired to those roles may depend on who is our major sponsor going forward. It's interesting because I'm kind of tossed on this. Like, a major sponsor, a massive stakeholder, and in particular, I said this before, especially a hospitality group to join during a pandemic and um, offer a lot of a bit of coin. Um, you you want them to have a say? Like, every stakeholder should have their voices heard and opinions heard. 
but also they're not meant to be there to run the club as well. But they have to have a say in how. The, obviously, if they like the way the club's going in a certain direction, they've got. Of course, they can voice their opinion about it and where they want the club to go because obviously they're putting money into the club and they want it to be going in an upwards direction and moving forward. So it's an interesting one, really, because you, I can see both sides of the argument here. If you're the main sponsor putting that much money in, you kind of want to say in what's going on and you want, you know, uh, a stable club. You don't want these new stories, yeah. your, your board members walking and stuff the like other- that. The other interesting thing about this is that uh, there has been some chat that uh, Craig Lawley could be uh, hired onto the as a new director of the Bulldogs. Because uh, it was pretty obvious that when uh, Lawley came involved with the Bulldogs, it was not just your average run-of-the-mill major sponsor agreement. They want to be involved in the club long-term and have a positive effect on the club in a similar manner to uh, Nick Politis does at the Roosters. Is there any chance that could be a conflict of interest? Because that's where one of the board members went. Because uh, he was part owner of one of the He the, owned one the of the hotels in, that in... are owned by the Lordy Hotel Group and did not uh, re- uh, reveal that information during the uh, the negotiations of Bulldog signing Lordy Group as a major sponsor. That's what happened there. Yeah, so if they get him to be the chair... Does that mean we have to look for a new major sponsor? Or well, I, don't, I don't know how much Craig Laundy is involved in the current Laundy group. Mm, okay, fair enough. I'm just, just, it's just an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, uh, potential conflict of interest, I suppose, if he's involved in both um, at the same time. But um, in saying that... Mm. Sorry, I've just lost my train of thought there. Um, the other thing is... Uh, Nick Politis at the Roosters got involved with City Ford in the in the 70s and has been involved with the Roosters ever since and I think that's a goal of the Laundry Group. Okay, as we said at the start of the episode, we, uh, the main reason for this episode is for you and I, Scott, to go through the team or the squad for 2020 and give our ratings and comments on the players' performance for this year. Uh, we want our listeners to get involved as well. So let's start in alphabetical order, the first player. Is a young gun, young gun, or rather, Jake Avrillo. Well, I want to say, are we giving them a, a star rating out of five or something like that, like we did last year? Let's do it out of ten. Out of ten? Well, I mean, you started off in a, a very positive way um, with the young gun, Jake Avrillo. Uh, n- n- nine appearances starting four in the interchange bench, f- uh, 13 games. Goal kicker, speed freak. Uh, if you got to give him out of ten, I'm, I'm for his first season taking that in consideration. I'm giving him an eight point five out of ten for the season. Yeah, I was going to say eight. One of the real shining lights of 2020, and a, a player that we could possibly build our team around going forward. Um, in previous weeks, Scotty, I've gone as far as saying that he could be uh, the next Terry Lamb as far as influence over the club. Uh, let's hope he. He comes through uh, in that way and becomes a character and as successful as uh, Terry Lamb. I do remember you actually saying that because I actually gave him the big rap of saying that he will be someone that people will he'll become a fan favorite very shortly if he's not one already, with especially with the young kids. And the type of player to make kids want to go to the footy and not well, not just kids, adults as well to watch players like him run around because he's that damn fun to watch. Yeah, so, it's really and exciting then you, to watch. 
Um, and then you went to say about being as good as Terry, or the next Terry Lamb. So I thought, yes, <laughs> I didn't say he's going to be as good as Terry Lamb or play the same way as Terry Lamb, but he could have that sort of influence, hopefully, uh, throughout his career, judging off the early signs. I think because he has been one of those shining lights of 2020, Scott, we've talked about him quite a lot already, but um, he's attacking play for a player as inexperienced as he is, is uh, incredible. See him have the confidence to pull it off, but also the skill level to go out there and do it uh, with the big boys in the NRL. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And one of the amazing things you said is, oh, I mean, one of the amazing things about him is speed is a massive asset in football. You can get into spots. And there's some tries this year you can look what Jake scored this year and uh, based on his speed, getting himself in those positions to score those tries. Uh, you look, I think you look early on against Manly, the Lachlan Lewis miss kick. But someone having someone that quick around the ball, picking the ball up, like you called it the seagull to a hot chip. I remember that because I actually love that statement. Those are the type of things when you have a player like that, a miss kick can still turn into an opportunity or maybe not the best pass because he's that quick. But then, like you said, he's also got the passing game. He's actually got a decent kicking game with it as well. And, uh, you know, that becomes a, a, triple, fit, uh, a triple threat. He can run, he can pass, he can kick. Like in the attack, he ticks all the boxes. So that's where the alarm bells start ringing when he hands the ball because you don't know what he's going to do with it. Yeah, 100%. Now, the next player on the list, uh, famous name, but one of the new sightings for the club, Dean Britt. He had 11 games this year. Uh, what? How did you think Dean went? Uh, I think he tried really hard. If you give effort, stars for effort, he'd be up there with effort. Unfortunately... I think the harder he tried, sometimes the worse it made it out for him a little bit. Like you, there was so many little penalties, like high tackles, was, uh, passing off the ground, trying to create second phase footy this year, uh, missed tackles because he's running out of the line really hard to put a shot on. I feel for him because the effort was there, but if I had to give him a star rating, I'm just looking at a three out of ten. Yeah, I'd be a bit more uh, kind than you and say probably a four. I agree with most of those things. Uh, it was really set up for the year for him to come up over from South and step up into that starting role and announce uh, himself as an NRL player in 2020, but it just did not happen. Uh, I'm wondering if the rule changes this year actually hurt him. Yeah, I mean, middle of the year, uh, hopefully with the off-season now knowing that the six again is there. But just the type of player he is, sort of thing. Not so much knowing the rules or whatever, but the style that he played that we've seen previously. Mm. Maybe he's not... Uh, uh, I was going to say a good thing. That's probably not the right word. Uh, doesn't uh, necessarily suit the uh, six-again rule and the faster pace game. Well, he's got an off-season now to work on it and get his body into the condition to suit that style because it looks like the six-again is here to stay. So... Good luck with the off-season, uh, Dean, and uh, the effort was up there. He had really good effort. So, Hopefully see some improvement under new coach Trent Barrett. Uh, the third player is a departing player. He only had the five games of this season. Uh, Jack Hogger. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one because these ones are hard to rate when they've only played so little. But I do remember him playing hooker this year. And I actually gave him the man of the match when he came off the change bench and played hooker against the loss against the Roosters. He didn't look out of place. He played really good against the Tigers. Uh, and then he played he played pretty good against the Warriors. And then he got dropped after it, which was a bit weird because he set up a try. Uh, in the opportunity he had, I thought he did enough to keep his spot 
more regularly in the, at least somewhere in the 17 if it's off the bench or at the starting halves. I think um had to get involved. I think his worst match was against Manly when it looked like he wasn't even allowed to kick the ball. It was all Lachlan Lewis's way when it came to kicking. So if I had to give him a rating, taking everything in consideration, I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. Uh, just didn't get enough game time to really do much more. I think he did well in what he had. I'm going to give him a 4 because there was probably two or three games there where he threw poor passes and had a few errors in his game. And uh, as you said, not quite enough opportunity to get higher up on that list. So I'm going to go 4 out of 10 for Jack Cogger. It could have been a sort of similar to Dean Brook. could have been his year to step up, but um, more opportunity went to other halves. Uh, continuing on, Christian at Crichton, one of your favourites, Scotty. You got the just the eight appearances this year. Uh, I thought uh, he played pretty decent footy. Um, again, I mean, he was caught out a little bit with up and in defence, the game against Cronulla, where uh, multiple tries went scoring down his edge. Uh, but in saying that, we actually had a try on the opposite edge for the same reason. I think it was more of our defensive structures, but he would, he definitely did cop a lot of blame for the season, oh, particularly at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, he's. I thought it was okay. I thought, you know, when he was dropped, I was actually quite surprised when he got dropped in the back end of the season. He was up there with the players in the polling booth at the start of the season, so the players seemed to rate him quite highly. I thought it was a good year, but again, he didn't get much opportunities. He only got the two tries, so unfortunately for eight games, you probably want a little bit more than that. So I'd say about a... I'll give him a five and a half out of ten for this season. Yeah, five out of ten is probably fair. He's had some pretty good performances, but lacked any real opportunity. Um, I'd like to see him get a go at centre, to be honest. Mm, I feel like he's better at centre. Um, he makes metres, and I feel like he'd be a, a perfect player. You know when you he have... a switch with someone like Smith and have... That big body out on the wing. Yeah, and then have him at centre. But I, I like what I find with him as well is that with uh, Christian Crichton, he makes lots of metres. He's runs a, He runs very high intensity to help the forwards out. And he's a perfect. I think he's a great winger, and he would be a great winger if you ha- if we had someone like Josh Morris in our team, like what we used to have, like the Morris brothers, and you have your strike power centre here. Like, his tries will go through the roof if we played outside him because of how good Josh Morris is. But also, people will start rating how good Christian Crichton is. And unfortunately, we just don't have that strike power in that back the back lineup. And he just copped a lot of the brunt because of it. And I feel like it was unfair judgment. It was across the board, I think, could have been. We're just missing a really good outside back. Okay, Scotty, the next player on the Matt Dury, another youngster who came through and left his mark on the NRL, unfortunately. Cut a little bit short the season due to injury. He had five games and two tries. And um, how refreshing it was to see him get out on the field, make some breaks out on the edge. Do you know what he actually reminded me of looking back at it now? A young Josh Jackson? Exactly what I was about to say. A <laughs> I young... think I said that after his first game. Oh, <laughs> uh, You probably did. But yeah, young Josh Jackson, after uh, watching him, he was exciting. Uh, it's all- awesome to have you know, he just brought in energy to the uh, the team. In his first touch, he scored a try. He also looked era. like a bulldog player. The yeah. style of play, he looked like a, looked like a dog. Yeah, and I think he had a fantastic season. Like you said, unfortunately, cut a little bit short. He could have played another two or three games in there. Uh, successful season for him. I think what he did for what he provided, like an debut, having Raymond Fatalamarana pull out after like 20 minutes, and him to play the rest of the game, like 60-odd minutes off the interchange bench. 
I'm I'm going out there and giving him a seven and a half for the season. Okay, I'm going to say six six and a half due to uh, injury uh, ruining the back half of the season, and also the fact that um, well, he only played five games. So, <laughs> well, that's why I love the ratings because yeah. it takes into different um, proportions, and you know, like you could say he's had such a good year and he gets a five because he didn't play much, and then you can say he's had a really good year, he gets an eight or something like that because of what he did. So, yeah, just a bit of interpretation, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I guess you got to weigh it up between how well they played and um, the wider squad as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, argue, the next player is arguably probably one of the players of the year, Adam Elliott. Now, he came out, I feel like he played a different style of footy this year. I feel like he became that loose forward, that old school loose forward, the Jake Trevojevic, the Victor Radley style this year. I think Lark's... Uh, in previous seasons, he's just been a straight up and down second row with some good footwork or whatever. But some ball playing came out this year, and a few uh, little kicks, successful kicks into the goal. Yeah, it was actually exciting because um, we lack in the halves big time <laughs> this season. Um, well, even if we, even in clubs that don't, you, you almost need that type of loose forward now anyway. The way the game's going, yeah, back to, gl- the, back to the back to the eighties. I'm glad, like Adam Elliott's second round this year against the Cowboys. I just remember him putting um. Run off to a munger for a hole with a short ball bang, and then he, he goes and scores a try. Uh, you know, like you said, he had everything, and I was he almost won the Bulldogs podcast player of the year. He this wasn't was a guy, off. and this guy had a dislocated shoulder for most of it. That's yeah, how good yeah. of a year he had. Only, only the eight appearances, but I feel like uh, he really stood up in the leadership role this year as well. Resigned with the club, uh, another one of those Bulldog type players. And hopefully he can continue with his ball-playing skills going forward uh, and get a couple of good young halves in there as well. And uh, happy days. Yeah, happy days. Yeah. Genu- it, looks, it looks like a proper number 13. So I'm going to give him a seven and a half throughout the season. Uh, injury uh, let him down, but also um, obviously because he missed most of the season. But uh, the... I think the you know the contract negotiation looked like he was going to go at one stage. Um, Cloud on he, his he could... was never going. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Reports said that he was very close to signing with the Warriors don't, and the Dragons. Don't trust everything you read. Fair enough. I think I said on this podcast he wouldn't go anywhere. You did say that, um, but I reckon close up that he was going to go, and then he just black- changed his mind. But anyway, like you know, imagine if he didn't have any contract negotiations. Imagine if he was locked up for another, like, you know, a year and still had that running, you know what I mean? And just be able to play footy with not worrying about Yeah, well, I don't think he, be... he was worried too much about that at the start of the year. That came more towards the end of the year when he was injured anyway. Story does go that uh, he was going to, or he was favoured to leave until he got a phone call from Trent Barrett that changed his mind. Uh, but he's a bulldog. He wasn't going to go. Next on the list, Raymond Fatala Mariner, RFM. Oh, sorry, I didn't give my rating for Elliot, did I? No, you just went on to Raymond. <laughs> Too excited. I'll give Adam Elliot an eight. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just the eight appearances, but I think uh, what he showed with the ball in hand, the ball on the toe, and leadership uh, really um, surprised me in a good way. Yeah, it did. It, it, I, I think you summed it up nicely. Raymond Fatala Mariner, uh, 20 games this year, six tries. Equal top try scorer. <laughs> it runs a tear down the eye. <laughs> 2020. Uh, 
Normally, when you say that about a second roller, you go, what a year. How incredible is that? But when you look at just the six tries, it's a sad indictment on just how bad we were in attack this year. Uh, but you know who wasn't bad in attack this year? All defense? Uh, Raymond Fatalamarin. I'm going to go 8.5. Yeah, I actually was going to say 8.5 as well. He played, like you said, he played 17 appearances starting three off the interchange bench. He actually started the season as a middle forward off the bench before moving to the back row. He was someone who said that Dean Pay would really actually simplize, simplify his footy. You run hard, you tackle hard. That's all I have to worry about. You're big enough to make damage. He was by far his best season. Actually, I didn't realize he was at 20, the 27 years of age at his current point. That's not that big of a deal for a player in that position. That's when they start to really come into their own. Yeah, but I just like... It was an impressive season, like like I said, coming from the middle for, um, middle forward off the interchange bench, he played limited minutes to a back rower who pretty much played all every minute since he was a back rower. So, enormous really, season. Really sad that, um, for many reasons, the whole COVID situation, but the fact that we're not going to get any international rugby league. He's already played three games for Samoa and one game for New Zealand. Um, I could imagine him in a, in a rep team like that after the year that he's had at the club level really allows himself on the international stage mm. if we were having test matches this year. But um, hopefully next year with the World Cup. I don't think the terminology breakout season is correct for Raymond Fatale Mariner here, but I think he definitely took a couple of steps up. Yeah, definitely his best season to date. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, another player on his way out. Uh, he just re- uh, well, not re-signed, but he just signed to go back to Mainly Kieran Foran, 14 appearances and four tries. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, you know, he came on the side, he made the side look better in attacking football. And I'm sure when he came back, when we were playing against the Dragons, we we probably wouldn't have lost it if he didn't go off. And then when we versed the Tigers and then he went off, we probably don't lose that game as well. There's a couple of games where we probably don't lose if he stays on. In saying that, I do remember him having an absolute shocker against the Warriors where he couldn't tackle anything. He looked like he was struggling to keep up. But, um, yeah, then he finished the season injured again. Uh, I thought he was good without being great. And it su- somewhat in one way surprised me that he was play- the Bulldogs player of the year and then until I realized how they calculated it with the players. So I want to say uh, Kieran Foran gets a five and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go six and a half. Group everything you said. I think he had a couple of quiet games in, in amongst that that really let him down, whether that was because of uh, injury and he was just trying to get through those games. I'm not too sure. Um, it's really sad to see that um, what's unfolded in his career. Um, sad to see him go in some sense, but I guess we need the money and we need a, a player that doesn't get hurt as often. Um but I remember watching him as a young player coming through, and you know how much I despise Merle Waringa. Um, I always yes. enjoyed watching him play, even for them. Um, yeah. So it's sad to see what's happened with his career, uh, how that's spiralled out of control there. All right, Scotty, uh, up next is a player that is another one of your favourites. Unfortunately, yeah. no longer at the club. He's actually at Merle Waringa. Uh, and he came back to hurt us. Uh, just a few weeks ago, he played one game off the bench, so this is going to be quite hard to rate. Oh, it's an, it's hard to rate because he came off as a hooker, then he shifted to the centre and went like 20-something minutes. And, and when we lost, and we didn't have much ball. 
So it was against the West Tigers, I believe, at Bank West Stadium, off the top of memory. But how do you rate someone who was playing out of position and then never had the ball? Because against the Roosters. Oh, was it? Oh, okay, against the Roosters at Bank West. At yes, Bank West, okay. 42 yeah. points to six. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I try to forget that one because that was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, okay, so I knew it was at Bank West and we... We lost against the Tigers massively, then the and also the Roosters that year at Bankwest. So, oh, this year, yeah, this year. Um, <laughs> you already especially... started talking about it in the past tense that year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, this year we lost, especially early on against the Tigers and Roosters quite heavily. So that's why I mixed that up. So against the Roosters, you say, ah, oh, jeez, how do you rate this one? Well, I'm um, gonna give you a four out of ten for what he showed in these twenty minutes. Yeah, I'll go five out of ten because I can't fail him because he did nothing wrong. Oh, under five is not a fail. No, yeah, I guess so. But then if you rated his season to date, I reckon you give him a six and a half or a seven with what he's done at Manly. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is not the Manly Warringah podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right. Kieran Holland uh, is up next. That's uh, his retirement. Uh, he's played 11 games this year for two tries and four goals, 16 points. How do you think he went this year? Interesting. Uh... By the way, 16 points was our fourth highest point scorer. Oh, God. <laughs> Interesting one. Uh, Dutchie, uh, f- fan favorite for, for some. Absolutely love Kieran Holland. I thought it was a, a solid year. Uh, there was a couple of games where defensively he was pulled apart, I think, against the Raiders after he scored that really good try, actually, against them. And the Titans was probably his worst two games. But he, I know he was looked like you know a top grader, so I'm going to give him a 5 out of 10. Okay, yeah, um, yeah I'll, go, I'll go five as well. I didn't really get uh, too much opportunity at all, really. Um, he, he was fit, he was decent. He's not as bad as a lot of people will make you believe if you listen to some of the critics um, that mm. sit on the uh, lounge chairs. But uh, yeah, five out of five out of ten uh, scored uh, one of the tries of the season. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good try. All the, all the Bulldogs in twenty twenty as well. Ah, uh, try of the season. Contender for the NRL this year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Karen, oh, sorry, we just did Karen Hall. William Hopawati is next, Scotty. He had the 13 appearances for just the two tries. Now, William's a bit of a, well, Hopawati's a bit of a weird one for us, isn't he? Because um, you and I watch the games and think, man, we need more out of whatever position Hopawati's playing, whether he's playing centre or fullback. We always feel like he's pretty quiet or a bit slow and we need a little bit more out of it but then you have a little little look at the statistics and he leads he leads all the key statistics in his position so hard one for us to rate um but consistently getting over or around the 200 running meters uh gained Mm. this season when he's playing at the fullback so i'm gonna go with a with an eight you going to go an 8 or 10? Yeah, well, gonna... he's uh, 28 now. His, his body's starting to slow down a bit, which is a tad bit early, but he's getting towards 30. His uh, ball-playing skills has been pretty good, and he's, like, any fullback that runs 200 metres per game is doing something right. So uh, I'll go 8. Okay, I'm tossed up with this one because, like you said, the stats and everything. But, however, he played uh, a couple of games this year and where... He, I just don't think the impact that fullback wasn't there or he wasn't quick enough to get to positions for support play. And when Nick Manny went to fullback, we looked so much better in attack. 
Nick Mini added so much more. And people are saying uh, Hopawati's hands, his hands, his hands. And there was a few games this year, Manly one, Gold Coast another, where his hands were just passing behind everyone. Uh, Panthers as well. He was passing behind Jaden Ockenball and behind everyone. So his best feature, because you know of Hopper, he's not going to really run when he gets in a situation to run. It's always going to be pass first, runs his second option, where Nick Meany has, the, I reckon, both, but he'll go run first. Um, there was a few tries I saw cl- close. Uh, I mean, this might impact his judgment just recently against Penrith, where he just looked didn't look quick enough to get into a position where most fullbacks would be, like you know your Tedesco's, your Pappenhausen's, and I know he's not doesn't go in that standard, uh, or style. or style, but I feel like Nick Meany at fullback was a much much better fullback. Uh, there was a game against the Raiders. I remember a lot of negative things about Will Hopwhite. I don't think he's a suited fullback, so for that I'm going to give him a four out of ten. Jeez, rough here. All right, uh, captain. My captain is next, Josh Jackson. Twenty appearances, the one try this year. Um, I was going to go eight point five. I think he was a little bit down in previous years, but you can't fault the leader and the effort that he puts in each and every week, whether he's playing in the second row or at lock forward. Um, he's just a class player. I'm going to go seven for Josh Jackson. Agree with everything you say. Unfortunately for him, the reason why I've just pegged him down a little bit more than what you have is that um, he's tried in so many games when nothing's going right for us that he's been the one who's been trying to do the pass. And through the season at the start of the year in particular, he was not in the best form. I think he got better towards the back end um, where some of his passes you know, went off, but he was trying to take things into his own hands and play almost like another half on the field sometimes, I felt. So I'm going to just give him a seven because his effort was there and uh, he played some really good footy. So I'm giving him a seven. So a good season. So what you're telling me is that he's putting the team first and playing a style of football that doesn't suit his game. Yes. No. They, uh, so I'll, I'll pop him up at that extra point there. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, seven and a half. But like, yeah, I would say that, See, it's, it's, that he's playing a style that he thinks that he has to do out of his out of his natural style, so he's it's, putting the team first. So he's all, a selfless it's all, leader. It's all in the way you frame it, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, I'm a selfless uh, leader. Um, next player is going to be hard to judge. Played one one game, sixty minutes off the bench. It's Tui Katoa, the brother of Sione Katoa, but not our Sione Katoa, the Cronulla Sharks flyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't really get much opportunity. Unfortunately, no one against Penrith did, did they? <laughs> don't score a try and because of that and the fact that he played 60 minutes I have to give him a free well I'll give him a four and a half he didn't nothing wrong but he didn't have a chance to do anything right either <laughs> it was not a good afternoon for him to make a debut alright moving along Tim Lapai he returned to the club mid-season from St George Lawara. Um I think he had some really classy touches this year yeah but... I actually sorry I actually go think about the try against the Warriors with Nick Meany scoring in the corner, and Tim, uh, Nick makes the break back to Tim, back to Nick, and then Nick scores in the corner. The Tim Lifi little flick. He um, has a bit of class about him in centre. Um, I actually thought, to be honest, I thought he would have at least got another year out of us, to be honest. So he's another departing player. Yeah, another departing player. Five appearances, two tries, a goal, 10 points. Um, I'm going to go 6.5. Uh, I think it's fairly solid in attack and defence overall. 
Uh, he set up a couple of tries, two tries in five games, nothing to sleaze at as well. Uh, it was good to see Tim back in the Bulldogs' colours. I really li- uh, enjoyed watching him play last time he was with the club. And then he went to the Dragons, and I didn't enjoy watching him play for the Dragons. Um, but I-, I enjoyed seeing him back in the blue and white. Yeah, I was actually giving him a 6.5 too. I mean, he played really good against Melbourne, and he's got a good try-scoring record against Melbourne. So if you've got a good try-scoring record against Melbourne, you're a good player. <laughs> Hopefully he lands somewhere we can continue to watch him play. Maybe mm. just lots of George Lawara and don't think it uh, suited him <laughs> too much there. No, um, next player, a bit of a def- uh, player that divides the supporter group. You either love him or not. <laughs> uh, Lachlan Lewis. He had 13 appearances, three tries and 12 points. He's uh, one-on-one defence. Still one of the best in the game for halves. Uh, I think he's got some defensive liabilities when he comes out of the line, though. And uh, I think he's letting a few tries this year doing that. The Roosters uh, he just, comes, particular. just comes out of the line and uh, hurts our defensive line. Uh, and I think he's got a long way to go in the, attacking, in the attacking game. And hopefully Trent Barrett can, in the future can help him out with that. I'll give him a three out of ten. Yeah, I'm actually going to give him a three. And that was just trying to be generous to him. Uh, you know, there's multiple times where he went off the field and like the game against South, I think he went off the field and we looked better for it. So it's never good when your halfway goes off the field and your team looks better because of that. And also when Jack Cogger played, we looked more direct in our attack. Uh, I don't know. Again, if he's one of those players, it's halfback, his position, like you said, one-on-one tacklers, he hits and he sticks. And it's, you know, good to see sometimes when he... Remember hitting the Burgess, brother. I think that's where he got a lot of fame. Oh, hitting Sam, sorry, Sam Burgess. I couldn't remember the Burgess one. Uh, where he, a lot of fame came from when he kept putting Sam on his backside. And you, like you said, the one-on-one, he hits and sticks against bigger bodies. But unfortunately, his job is not to be doing all those type of attacks. Like, it's awesome that he can. His job is to spark attack. And everything feels like it slows down and miss accurate kicks, miss kicks. He failed to even poll in a point in this year's podcast play of the year. He's one of the ones who didn't score one. All right. Uh, the last player for today, we're right through right through the middle halfway point of the squad. We'll do the next half next week. Jeremy Marshall King, he had 20 games this year, 17 starts and three off the bench, one try for four points. Tell you what, I'm only going to give him a five. I feel yeah. like uh, what he showed us last year, his running game out of dummy half really disappeared this year. Um there was a couple of games where the service out of the dummy half from himself wasn't the greatest. Uh, I was pretty disappointed. I don't know if he was playing injured throughout the year or whatever, but uh, I reckon he could definitely play a lot better than he showed in 2020. Yeah, he's actually one of our quickest players in the squad. Um, he, he, again, like you said, he, he ditched the running game early this year. This year, it felt like only until the back end he started running again. Uh, we need more from our hooker. I do agree. Uh, however, his defensive efforts this year, what well, doesn't get spoken about him much, his, his tackling was outstanding. There's a lot of games this year where he didn't miss one. And that's enormous. He's a small body. I don't know. Is he a 5'8? Is he a hooker? He's one of those players that. I think he's 5'8. Yeah, because he played really well against the, like the West Tigers. Motivation against your old club and your brother. So it's good to beat one of the brothers. Um, I'm going to give him a six. But definitely, I do agree with what, you, what you're going with, uh, Jerry Marshall King, where the running got ditched at the start of the season. All right. Now, Scotty, if you want to agree or disagree or give your opinion uh, to the podcast, how will you do that? 
Well, you can do it on Twitter at NRL Bulldogs fans. At Insta- on Instagram, sorry, I always stuff up the Instagram one, but on Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. We've got a Facebook page, NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Give us a like and a follow. We're relatively new there. Or flick us an email at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Have your opinion, have your say. Rate your players, even rate the second half the players that we haven't touched yet. We'll, we'll talk about them all next, on our next episode. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you.